I follow my heart every day to see where God leads me to, and for some reason, we brought handcuffs today. These are real official police handcuffs. I've had many a bad guy in these handcuffs, and for some reason, I don't know why, it's just important today that I be restricted by handcuffs. And so John is going to, and this goes up. Now, I think that's good. All right. All right. And now, just in case John decides that he doesn't want to unlock me, Brian has an extra key down there. All right. We good? Okay. Because we want to always tell people 
what is required in order to make them smile in that moment. And we wind up avoiding certain truths about life that, that should be or need be shared. But somehow we think that it's not our job or our ability to do so, but God empowers us to do what he calls us to do. And the amazing thing is, is this, is that when we do what God calls us to do, when we reach out to the lost or the brokenhearted, that, that fear within us seems to slowly start fading away and is replaced with joy. See, the service to God is not just to lift up other people, but to make a difference in our lives, to, to make us feel whole, or even make us feel as if we're part of the, the bigger picture, that we make a contribution. But sometimes, what's more important than our things, or our puts his words in his mouth and empowers him to do what God has called him to do. I think of the mighty blessings that God has given me. But I also remember the cause of Christ that we are to be Christ in the lives of people. And sometimes that means that we engage others they may have a better life. Kind of like the, the video we just saw where the uh, special needs boy was doing his exercises and he saw when he just lifted his leg off in the background with another young man lifting his leg. And what he was doing was he had given him instruction. And he took someone who was limited in their ability and inspired them to move forward, to, to not look at your limitations and say, I can't do it, but to look at your limitations and say, I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ, that I am not down for the doubts, no matter what my circumstances are, that there is still a way to live. I may not have full capacity like I wish I had, but I still have ability. And sometimes people need to be reminded of they need us as the church to, to be the church in their lives, to, to come forward and say to them that when they're down, stand up. Or when their life isn't going the way that they want it to, to say, you know what, it's okay. You're going to be fine. It may not return to the way that you want it to be returned to. But we have to remember that, that our purpose in life is to serve our risen God. That, that the joy that we have in our lives is because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, not the cost of our outward circumstance. The scripture teaches us how to lift these people up. We often call this next passage of scripture the, the love chapter. It's often read during Valentine's Day how a man should love his wife or how a wife should love her husband. But in reality, 
is how God loves his children and how we love one another. He said that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, and it is not self-seeking. It is not only or it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Love is a word that we use so many times in our lives that if we were to sit down and count the times, we probably couldn't do it. It's probably one of the most used words in our vocabulary. Oftentimes, when we use the word love, what we are referring to is, is some type of emotional stirring within our heart or within our spirit. Oftentimes, it has to do with how we are attracted to someone else. But see, love is just the opposite of that. Love is not about physical or mental or spiritual attraction. Love is about sacrifice. It's about what we give up of ourselves for the sake of others. You see, I choose to be loving toward my wife. I'm only a man. Sometimes I, I, I don't feel so loving. Sometimes I don't act so loving. And I'll tell you today that, that my wife chooses to love me because well, she has to live with me and she puts up with me and, and the way that she treats me is probably better than I deserve. And you know, I think that what happens sometimes is, is when I'm going through those difficult times in life and, and I'm not feeling too hot about myself, that, that she recognizes that and she overlooks my shortcomings. It makes the choice to pull me out of the muck and the mire of life. She looks at me and says, you know what, Tommy has had a really difficult week this week, and he's probably feeling tired, and he's probably not feeling too good about himself or, or certain circumstances, and I want to understand for a moment why it is that he's acting the way that he is. And instead of arguing and bickering, I'm just going to say, you know what? I love you. Give me a little space. It's patience. Patience is, is one of the most enduring things that I can think of. I remember when I was much younger, I wanted things to happen and happen quickly. And when it didn't happen quickly, I was so angry. It's so bitter for a lot. See, it's important for love to be patient because patience allows love to grow and have its effect on people. It's hard sometimes when you look at someone else's life from the outside looking in and you see the prison they put themselves in, is it not? That the choices that they make in life aren't the ones that you know to be healthy. And you wish that, that they would just make better choices and listen to what you had to say. But I think what we need to remember is this. 
that every word that, that comes from our mouth, that if it directed by the Spirit of God, serves a purpose. That, that word doesn't go out to fail. It goes out to succeed. And it may be just in that moment of time that the purpose for that word is not to change the heart and the mind of the person in that moment. But to plant the seed so that in time that seed grows, it takes root. And after it's been watered and, and nourished over time, and after that person is going through seasons, with that seed, to come Now there are times to push. Don't get me wrong. There are times to, to point people in a direction and, and take your hands off and let them find out for themselves. And there are times to nudge just a little bit. But whether the moment is to nudge or wait. We must express our love with patience. And the other thing about inspiring or, or helping someone up is this. Love does not boast. And it is not proud. And that's another one of those hard subjects. And especially when we're talking about others. And I think about it all the time. Every time I step up in here, I think about other pastors in other churches. And how they share stories about people that they've read in books or newspapers. And, and I don't know. I sit up here and sometimes I feel really bad about doing it and tell about my own experiences more so than I probably should. And I start thinking, wow, am I doing this for man? Am I doing this for myself, or am I doing this for the glory of God? Because it's, sometimes it seems like that from the outside looking in, that the people that we want to inspire, maybe they don't need to hear about our successes. Maybe it's enough to, to let them see our successes. Maybe it's enough to let them see the power of God in our lives. We'll be careful about how I say this. Instead of constantly telling them about the power of God. Because you see, all day long we can tell people that if you would just let God do this in your life, or if you would just give your life to Jesus, or if you would just pray and give no explanation or, or say, look what God has done in my life and he can do the same thing in yours. What happens is, is they, what they see is this. They see us and other people comparing their lives to our lives as if somehow we're the standard. But if we are to live out the gospel in the way that we're supposed to be, we would need fewer words because the people would be impacted. On how we live. And I don't mean how we live in righteousness. That is an important aspect of 
people to see. But I think that most important thing for them to see is that, that when they fall, we pick ourselves back up. That when life doesn't go the way we want it to, we keep moving on. And we don't always try to change the circumstances in our favor, but, but we trust God to, to work in life for our good. And we need to let them see that. They see the example that we would want them to see. We give them a, an example of, of how life is to be lived. Not just in perfection. but continually experiencing the power of God's forgiveness and His mercy in our lives. Love is not so simple. And rejoices in truth. I put those two together. I see the truth about the gospel. See, Jesus came to this world to restore sight to the blind so that the dead may hear. So that the lame shall walk. He did not come into this world to seek comfort himself. And in many times, and in many ways, Jesus didn't just speak words of hope and inspiration as we know it. Meaning he didn't just tell us what we wanted to hear. But he spoke words of truth about life. Like, for example, when, when the disciples were out fishing and they were casting the nets to the one side of the boat over and over and over and over and over and over again and making no progress, catching nothing. Jesus came in and said, if you cast off to the other side, And ultimately what Jesus was saying was this, in truth and in love, brothers and sisters, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you keep getting the same response, then you need to change what you're doing. And you're saying to them, I'm not trying to get into business, I'm not telling you that you are wrong. I'm just saying that what you're doing is ineffective, and it's not a, a good use of your time. But if you would just change it just a little bit, not sacrificing truth, not sacrificing righteousness, but just change what you're doing just a little bit, you will reap a greater reward. And he told us other truths about life. 
Don't you see, Jesus had a way of speaking to the heart of man that was affected. He doesn't tell us that he's going to do it for us. He does tell us, however, that, that I can give you opportunity if you want. I told you many stories about the, the lame person who was sitting at the well of Bethesda, and when Jesus came up to him, he asked him, he said, why? Or Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And the man said, well, I do want to be healed, but I can never get to the well in time, because the, the, the thing was, the, the belief was that an angel would come out these handcuffs and tell you to hurt. Very distracting. The angel supposedly comes down and dips his wing in the water, and as the water ripples, the first person to touch the water would be healed. Now, we don't have any record historically of any healing ever taking place, but that was the belief by the people. And Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? He said, well, no, I do want to, but I can't get to the water. Somebody always beats me. And the guy wasn't making an excuse. He was just stating a fact. He couldn't get there before the other people. But Jesus performed a miracle in that person's life. That day. He said, you know what? Pick up your mat and walk. He didn't wait for the person to say yes. He didn't wait for the person to say no. He said, I am going to bless you with a miracle. I am going to give you the desire of your heart. Take up your mat and go. And see, and that's where I always leave the story off at. Because that's the, the happy part of the story. But see, human responsibility comes into that story also. Because the other part of the story goes on like this, that sometime later Jesus was at the temple and he saw the person he had healed. And Jesus approached him and asked him this. Why are you still doing the same thing that you were doing before you were healed? You were given a great opportunity. You couldn't walk. You couldn't fend for yourself. You couldn't, you couldn't make a living for yourself. I gave you that ability. And instead of taking responsibility for yourself, instead of taking advantage of that responsibility and going out and seeking a new path of life, you're doing what you're always doing. You're hanging out at the temple. That's where the bell, the world of Bethesda's house. You're not going to make a difference by doing what you always have done. And that's what we want people to know. Is that if they want a change in their life, that they have to do something different. That, that God will open up a window of opportunity for you. And you can walk through that window of opportunity. And that person that, that we want to pull up out of the muck and the mire has to take responsibility at some point in life and work with the resources in it. God brought opportunity to your life. The ability to change and do something different. To take a different path that, that might lead in a different direction where the one that you're on is not going anywhere. We should inspire those people that we want. 
want to see him, to pick up himself, to do something, to move forward, to encourage him. Not just walk through that door and stand there and look at what God has given you, but take advantage of those gifts and those abilities. Many people have come to my life. And the cost of the lifestyle that I lived were treated for poverty. And looking back, I see the mistakes happening. You know, the same hindsight being 2020. And when looking back, you can see clearly the mistakes we made. And sometimes those relationships are repairable. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes the, the best thing that a person can do is forgive and move forward. So, so we don't want to see people beating themselves up over past mistakes. We want to be able to, to let go and move forward. Because God has forgiven our sins and our sins. So we can live a life free of guilt, regardless of what the others have done, regardless of if they receive your forgiveness or not. That's what we want to say to you. That it's okay to, to pick yourself up, not to live in the muck and the mire of that guilt of that mistake that happened. Forgive. Receive forgiveness and move on. And I'm here to take this. That if we can to motivate people to move in those directions, to do some of those things, that it will make a change in their lives. That God will restore peace and happiness. The same passage of scripture you know. Changes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all else will be able to do. John, you come up here. I think I figured out why I got one in hand. To remind us.
why he says, I'm Christ redeemed the prisoners. So if you encounter someone this Understand their circumstance and be patient. Share within the love of Christ. Let them see the power of God as He works in your life. Be truthful. And use truth with love. This love always protects, always trusts. Always hopes and it always does Father God, we come before you today and thank you for the time that you've given us to come together. And Father, I ask that you be with us as we depart here today and as we go out into the world. Let us be instruments of inspiration to, to a people that, that may be lost or people that, that may be found or struggling in their faith. words just like you did to prophet Jeremiah to speak to bring to speak to bring give us the courage to, to speak when it's the time to speak give us the wisdom to know to stand in silence when others just do too much in Christ's name Amen.